It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. This is the sports ground. Not as happy a venue as it was last week. On this week's show, William Davis is back. Good evening, Rob. Good evening indeed. Dave Finn, we were happier last week than we are this week. Oh, by a long way. No, not even close. Not even close to the same emotions. Not even close. Lindley McKenzie, were we schooled a little this evening by a European Championship winning side? This isn't surprising, really, but, you know, look at the class of them, simply. Yeah, they were absolutely brilliant. Well, everything that Stuart Lancaster brought into this team was on show. I'll start with you, Dave. I mean, there was a real, this is the Leinster that won the Champions Cup. This is how they did it. Lots of class, lots of defensive aggression. All right, one thing's for sure, lots of inaccuracy in the first half because they dropped the ball about eight times and never went forward as they were lamenting. But outside of that, they just squeezed the life out of Connacht. Yeah, Leinster have this reputation of throwing the ball around and being very expressive because they have such great backs, but I thought they won that in the tight five and certainly in the back row. I think they had the best. Van der Fleur winning man of the match is was a shoe-in from about 25 minutes in. He was just exceptional. He is so fast off the line. Their back row, the difference was, to a certain degree, they, they were masters of it. They've taken some of the things that Munster used to do in the in the bad in the good old days for Munster. Some of about how to slow how to be professional professional professionally fouled at the rock without giving penalties away. We tried to do that and we gave the penalties away. That's not a reflection on that that's a reflection on how we just didn't seem we're not as good at it. They slowed our ball down. We seem to be ponderous. They seem to be going forward. They should have had four tries. They blew two tries at the end and that'll that'll annoy Leo. But apart from that, everything they did was extremely professional. Yeah it wasn't flash. I suppose if you're in neutral it wasn't exciting but they did it brilliantly. Just a very impressive performance. I didn't think they'd actually... Look, I thought they'd win the game beforehand. I didn't think they'd win it that way, but they came to do a job and they did it. Now, they were, uh, Dave is right, they will be frustrated that they didn't get their bonus point. That was a side that was good enough. They could put that side out to win a, a Champions Cup final. Uh, oozing class internationals. The thing in the defence line was everybody knew what to do, where to be, and to make sure they were in, they just, it was like watching a machine. And as Andy Friend talked about, you know, they came up in a line, Connick didn't attack them over the top, didn't turn them around, and they just kept making tackles and marched us back up the pitch. And th- they were impressive. Um, and they, yeah, they, particularly from about 20 minutes on, and that try just after half time was an absolute killer. I mean, Connacht looked as if they were still in the dressing room having their half time cup of tea or whatever they have. And Leinster just ran in for a try, and you suddenly thought, okay, 6 3's now become 13 3, and it's, this is going to get very tough. And it, never, it didn't get any easier. Connacht kept going. They didn't stop playing, they didn't stop trying, but they never really. They, they threatened, but you felt they were never really going to get themselves uh, back into the game. Then they just in the early stages, Connacht had a lot of possession. Actually, Leinster made 40 of the first 50 tackles of the game, which is hard to believe considering the way it panned out. Colby Fienga won a penalty that Jack Cardi kicked over, and and then Connacht followed that up pretty much with some good space, you know, spells of pressure. But it was just, I think it was around that turnover. I remember Conan jumping in and celebrating it. They got over the top. They got a penalty out of Connacht on their own 22 Leinster, and that was the point where they just went, "This is a different. This is a different game." I don't think Connacht got another real look in. They had a couple of chances in the second half. Yeah, they did create. They did have periods, brief periods of pressure. I think 
I thought in the second half, quite frankly, I thought they really were not direct enough. I thought actually they should have gone a little bit more direct. I thought they were actually making uh, actually making some some ground when they were going a little bit more direct. Look, you just have to take your hat off at the end of the day to Leinster's defence. I thought it was outstanding, and I thought obviously John Josh Van der Flair led that defence. He is so quick off the line. He puts Connor under pressure all the time. The others follow, and Connor were always backpedalling really with Josh Van der Flair in their face the entire time. And you know, I thought the defence, Leinster's defence, was excellent. Uh, attacking wise, I thought sorry defensively as well. I thought Connor did very well. Conversely. Mm against Leinster because you know aside from those couple of tries they really did shut down um, Lama and uh, Lowe on the outside I thought they did a great job for most of that um, but at the end of the day you know possession takes its toll I mean defending takes its toll they had more possession they used it and they just they edged the contest and I think I think the the actual result was a pretty fair reflection. I think it would have been great if Connor had just made that breakthrough and got one try, but they didn't. And I don't think I don't think it's a result that no one would have totally been unexpected or be you know upset about. No, I think coming to the ground this evening, we were expecting Leinster. I I put it to someone that look two times out of three Leinster win this game. I give us a one in three chance. I looked at what the lay of the land was at half time and really thought it was going towards one and six and I, I know it was only six three William but it was hard to see how Connick were going to win it in the second half the only way I could see it for them was if they made a really fast start and they didn't no they didn't let their heads drop because that's when you really can yeah, like the last 20 minutes yeah Yeah. You, you, at that stage I've seen Connick side sort of yeah, down tools at that stage they didn't but there wasn't enough there was just wasn't enough pressure Leinster were working hard in defence but they weren't being really asked any serious questions because they weren't being turned there was it was the same play nearly all the time it was a bit mundane and I think Connacht are disappointed uh, with the way they played they're, they're disappointed with the penalties they gave away and they're disappointed with the uh, number of times they lost possession and I think that's they got squeezed mentally and physically by a side that just that's the that's the sort of the way they play now. They they don't throw the ball around. Everybody thinks they they actually they're very clinical and they wait and they wait and they wait and that's how they they did it last week to Edinburgh. If you look at the Edinburgh game, Edinburgh were sort of half in that game for a little bit, but they were never going to win it. But Leinster in the end, they squeezed and squeezed and they got the job done and they did a similar job today. All right, let's uh, hear the in-game coverage. Alan Deegan's back from Canada. He was in the crowd with William. Okay, William, there's an unbelievable sense of anticipation mixed in with trepidatiousness that we haven't had for a long time in the sports ground. Yeah, there's a big match feel to this. Place is jammed. There's a big, big crowd of people in here. Uh, there's a real sense that uh, this is a white-hot game. There's been a lot of nonsense in the build-up. Referee's going to blow his whistle in a few minutes, and it's up to the 30 guys on the pitch to, to see how it goes. going to be a really, really interesting game. Yeah, Connick missing Jared Butler, captain, is, is going to be um, it's going to be a tough one, but we'll really see how good Coldplay for Eng is today. Yeah, I mean, that's unfortunate for him because that's the sort of game he wants to play in. But And Dave Heffernan, great for a man from the province, from Ballina, to captain the side. First 20 minutes, they've got to got to hold these guys out and it's going to really depend on on how Connick face up to that they have good faith in their defensive systems they did very well last week against the Scarlets they're going to have to do better today 20 minutes gone Connick needs 3-0 what a game oh it's uh, it's breathless stuff here 
crowd are uh, really involved in this. They're trying to help the referee. They're shouting lots of advice. Connacht have had a good 20 minutes. They've withstood some good possession from Leinster, but they've had some of their own. They haven't been afraid to try things. They look very confident on the ball, and it's, it's a real ding-dong game. Half-time, Leinster leads six points to three. It's all about Leinster pressure, isn't it, William? Yeah, they've really dominated the last 20 minutes of the game. Connacht have had no possession, real no possession, giving away a lot of penalties. They seem to have got a bit on side or the wrong side of John Lacey. It's a tough one. Unless they get some ball, it's hard to see that, this, that they can get themselves back into this game. I know they're only three points down, but you can't keep doing this for another 40 minutes. They've done very well. Their defence has stood up brilliantly. 6-3 um, down. You would take that with the amount of possession that Leinster have had. Okay, William, on 60 minutes, just 61 minutes, Connacht save what could have been a third try as uh, Leinster lead by 20 points to three. Yeah, only one side in it in the second half. Uh, Leinster came out, scored a try after 40 seconds. Uh, Connacht badly caught on the first play of the half. And since then, they've just really turned the screw. Um, they're beating us up, really. And they're very efficient about what they're doing. It's, it's, it's a pressure game. And they're, it's hard to see any way back into this for Connacht now and I think Leinster are just going to go looking for their uh, they're going to go looking for the bonus point Full time Leinster a very deserved 20 points to 3 winners Yeah they absolutely controlled that game in the second half they just put on so much pressure Uh, they worked really really hard Connacht had some position and possession a couple of times and their defensive line held really, really well. They just they did a number, and they were very impressive. Made their tackles. They were clever, and they were better. They were just better in, in a lot of phases of the game. And that's why they are possibly the best side in, uh, in world club rugby. And they are, yeah. And, and uh, Dominic, Dominic Robertson-McCoy didn't do himself any favours with a stupid stamp that was a fully deserved red card. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely ridiculous. I don't know what came over him. Uh, he got a red card. I'm assuming he's going to get a ban for that. He's let himself down. He's let his team down. And, you know, professional sides pride themselves on not making mistakes like that. So uh, he'll, have, he'll have some explaining to do. Tough night. We expected it to be. I'm not sure I fully expected Leinster to win the game that way, but they were very impressive. They certainly were. Um, good display by Connacht, but just not good enough beaten by the better team. We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com. Membership is only €10 Euro and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. From there to the post-game audio, William Davis was on the prowl with the microphone. Dave Heffernan, one of the voices you got. You also got Leo Cullen, but before all that, here's the coach, Andy Friend. Andy, that was uh, a proper style interprovincial match. Yeah, there's a lot of... Um a lot of uh, feeling in that match. You could see that from the outset. Um, you could sense it building through the week. 
Um, that's what you want. You want those quality games and you want it to, you know, people to care about it. And they certainly, I think both sides went out there. They did care about it. Um, our boys copped a pretty physical encounter and I'm sure they've got a few sore bodies in their change room as well. The first half, first 20 minutes, Connacht seemed to get a good toehold in the game, but they were up against a very strong defence. Yeah, I thought the um, the Leinster defence was, was outstanding. You know, we we were throwing a lot at it, but they didn't uh, they didn't seem to waver. And um, yeah, it was tough. We we uh, we kept trying to pepper that, and uh, credit to them, they they were holding us out. I thought, you know, at half time six three was probably a fair reflection. It was a bit of an arm wrestle. I think the try straight after half time certainly hurt us. How frustrating is that when some people just players just seem to switch off very early in the half, and that gives a huge advantage to the opposition. Yeah, it does. You know, we and we've just talked about that. There's there's moments of that game where we certainly matched it uh, there with Leinster, but uh, and that's why they're the champion side. You know, they they hold on, uh, they keep that that con- that consistency for 80 minutes, um, and there's not a letter. Uh, that's what champion sides do. So, you know, for us to learn that lesson in round five is a is a good thing for us. We're a developing side, and we know that um, we now know where where we sit, uh, and, and we've got the yardstick now of what what makes a champion side. So we'll be working towards that. How frustrating is it when a player uh, loses his discipline like that and gets a red card? Yeah, listen, that is frustrating. I think for Dom, he's he's bitterly disappointed with himself. That's that's certainly not his character. He's a he's a good fella, and uh, but he knows uh, he did the wrong thing there. So, uh, cop the red card, and we'll see what happens from here. It's likely that he he get a ban. Oh, listen, that's up to the judiciary. But um, yeah, you know, yeah, the game of rugby is a clean game, and you've got to be careful. Anything around heads and necks, you've got to be careful with that. Fast turnaround for Belfast next Friday. You've got to. Get everybody's mind focused. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we've got uh, six-day turnaround. As I said, we've got a few bang bodies there. We've got our Eagles team over in Cardiff at the moment. So we'll get everyone back. Um, I, I, I know the uh, the desire and the energy is there from this group. So uh, I know they're going to get themselves up for it. Uh, we've just got to make sure we take the learnings out of that game and make sure we can be better for it next week. And how impressive... Or how impressed were you with, with Leinster and the way they went about their business? They, they struck it a, a very, very strong side. Yeah, they're a quality side. You know, I thought Johnny Sexton there at 10 just you know, poked the ball in the corners when he needed to. He kicked his goals. He just kept us under pressure. I thought their forward pack was good. Yeah, you, you couldn't find fault in them, to be fair. Um, threats across the park. Uh, so they're a quality outfit. And so that's, that's why they're the European champions. So full respect to them and they um, full credit to them. They earned the victory today. Dave, that was a that was a tough night out there. They were uh, they came fully locked and loaded, and they they put an awful squeeze on really throughout the game. Yeah, they did lock their their champions of Europe and uh, Pro 14 champions for a reason, and they showed that out there tonight. We um we just couldn't really get a foothold in the game, and any time we did seem to get our hands on the ball, especially in the first half, we just give away silly penalties. Um, and I think it was really disciplined the course, especially in the first half. Um, second half when we did get the ball. Um, I thought their defence was um, pretty outstanding. They had 13 in the line, and it was a tough win to kick into. So they, they, we couldn't really, we threw everything at them really, and uh, we, we couldn't get much, much out of it. So it's, um, it's a frustrating one, but a lot to learn, lots to learn from it. So yeah. The, was the indiscipline caused by just the pressure that they were putting on, or was there a slight frustration that you, when you had the ball, you weren't able to, to do a lot with it? A bit of both, I think. Look, they did put us under pressure, um, especially in the wider channels. I thought um, we allowed them to get easy meters because we weren't working hard enough on the inside, and that's that's probably down to the forwards. Just um, 
it was a similar issue we had last week and we, we didn't we didn't really correct it, which is frustrating. Um when they put pressure on us on the edges then we we seemed to give away penalties and switched off a little bit there. Um and then yeah, just a little individual things as well. So um there's a combination of them putting us under pressure and us just uh, allowing them into the game with silly decisions. I know it's these games come around so quickly. I mean, Ulster next week, no way. These interprovincials are uh, they're hard work, and you've probably got a little bit of work to do to get ready for that one. Yeah, we definitely have work to do. Um, we already spoke about it downstairs, though. Uh, it's a six-day turnaround, and that's going to be a massive, massive game up there. Um, look, the interprovincial the games you want to play in, like the, the atmosphere out there tonight was electric at times. Um, so, look, we'll definitely be up for it, and we'll be ready to go on Monday. Um, yeah, we'll lick our minds tonight, and... and Get back at it, do a bit of recovery tomorrow, and then we're in on Monday for a, probably be a tough review. So. Leo, you came with a really locked and loaded team there. How pleased were you with that performance? Um, there was some, there was lots of good bits in it, yeah, but there's still plenty of things we can get better at. It. You know, I thought we forced things a little bit in the first half, um, some 50-50 passes that we probably could have been a little bit more patient on and just built a bit more pressure. Um, similar in the second half, we, we created some good chances and didn't quite manage to execute, so... Um, yeah, there's still plenty of bits we can get better at. Um, we've used a good chunk of players in the first five rounds. Um, and it's important we try and build that depth of the squad. You kept discipline very well out there. There were very few penalties given away. You, you, was that something you were very cogn- cognizant of? Something that we're always cognizant of, yeah. Like, we don't want to give away penalties. So, um, yeah, no, generally the discipline was pretty good. And as hard a game as you expected? Um, no, definitely, yeah. It was two sets of players going hard at it. Um, the crowd went into everything as well. Um, so, yeah, no, it was, it was a good physical battle. And to get that try just after half-time, that must have settled everything down a little bit because it sort of was the dominance in the last 20 minutes of the first half and you, you really sealed the deal by getting a try straight after. Yeah, that's, that, that was really the point. You know. So on coming up to half-time, it was good to get that penalty, which just got our noses in front um, and then you're just trying to manage where you play the game in the second half so uh, Gary did unbelievably well to to take a few defenders on and um, back himself and show the pace and the sort of footwork that he has um, which settles us down and then we're able to just try and manage possession and manage territory of the game so um, luckily we were able to build enough pressure and play in the right areas for the most part and a couple of times Connor did challenge us um, the defence held for him your defensive line was very impressive. I mean, it's, uh, that must have pleased you. Um, no, definitely. Yeah, we put a huge amount of work into our defence this week. So, um, Connacht have won the best attacks in the league. So, um, it was something that we've been very, very conscious of. Lindley, you were in the wider press conference listening to Leo. He has his team where he wants them. Again? Or does he? No, he's he's very happy with the result and... Um, he said they still obviously have a little few work-ons. He doesn't think they're quite gelling sometimes in attack. Defensively, yes, they were. Um, I think one of the reasons he was very happy was because they came down to the sports ground. They they don't like coming to the sports ground. And that's in, in a respectful way. They don't like coming to the sports ground. They know what they're up against here, whether it's the weather, whether it's the, the crowd. He actually paid kind of tribute to the fact that there is a very, you know, a very passionate crowd here in, in Connaught. And to come out of that with the win, they're on target and he's happy. Yeah, it was an interesting 
Yeah, afternoon. You know, we talked before we went to all that audio about some of the guys that play well. Dave, you mentioned Van de Fleer a few times. For me, Scott Fardy was outstanding. I nearly put him as man of the match, but I understand why you're, you're kind of saying Van de Fleer as well because of his defence. But Fardy was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, like I said... They, they, Ronan was brilliant. Let's they, just go through them. They, they, they won it in the pack. I mean... Yeah, the front row were excellent. They were, they're all excellent. They're very... They stretch... They stretch the rules as much as they can, but they're very good at it because it's knowing about when to take your hand off the ball, knowing when to let the guy go so you're not penalised. And we're still working process. These guys have been doing it for years. They're probably the best out in the world. They just smother you. They're on top of you like every single... And it's, it's not one guy. It's, it's all age. They just smother you. You cannot get out of it. And then they, make it, they actually make it easier for the likes of the centre partnership who beforehand might have looked a little bit unsure in defence, but no. They made it easier for them by just smothering us. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they're European champions. That's why they won the Pro 14 last year. That's why they they want to do the same again this year, and they will go very close. Quite frankly, uh, Sean O'Brien is a cheeky fecker. I mean, at one stage he was over Sean there, uh, not our Sean O'Brien, although I'm sure he can be a cheeky fecker too. But the legend who came back uh, at 31 years of age, only six appearances last season. Stats from Alan there, only two times did he finish a game. So it's great to see him back first of all. Secondly, at one stage over in the first side, you want to seen this? King Keller made a tackle. He grabbed King Keller tackled him back into his into the rock on top of his own player and got a penalty because Keen Keller wasn't rolling away I was like oh come on did you see on the replay yeah we had some idea because Keen Keller that's meant to be fair had a, was chatting non-stop to the assistant referee uh, what are supposed to do <laughs> about that but yeah look that that, that, like, that happens they He's, he's, he's a good player and there's so many they really want back and he's you know he's worked incredibly hard to get back from so many serious injuries um the worst bit of discipline today came from Connacht. Yeah, okay, we're going to get to that. Uh, we get to it now. What yeah. was he thinking? It's disgraceful. I mean, it was like Peter Clausy esque, wasn't it? It was. That's one for the one. For, ask your parents. Uh, <laughs> it was, well, we have young listeners. It was. Uh, it was. It was awful. He's let himself down. He's let his team down. He's let his teammates down, and he's going to get. Huge ban. Well, it mightn't be huge. He'll get a ban. There's no doubt about it. Well, you know, I think he realises that. And to be fair, he went straight out onto the pitch and apologised to Josh van der Fleer. And I think he also spoke to the referee as well and apologised to him. There, are, You know, I think, you know, possibly it was just a moment of madness. And it was, it was, it was, it was stupid. But I, I think, you know, I think he realises that. I think he realised that pretty quickly, the way he sat down in, in, in front of us and didn't yeah. speak to anyone and no, one spoke, and no one spoke to him. If you look back on a lot of that, that, those actions, they usually come from a player who's not long been on the pitch because they go out... They've been sitting on the bench and they tend to go out. They're all hyped up and pumped up and they're going to they're gonna make the difference. And I think if, if you go back and see a few red cards like that, they're from people who have come off the bench all hyped up. Okay. It's it's just a case of how long. I mean, the, 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 be, for me, it should yeah. be pretty long. I think if you say that, the, I mean, the tackle that uh, Addison did where he got four weeks, that was nothing in this. That's not even the same ballpark. So if that's four weeks, then you have to say, it's, yeah. you're looking at entry at six to eight. I can't argue with it. He gets what, whatever he gets. He might. He, if it, it, I think four weeks would be lenient, given it is it is it is a boots. Yeah, I, I think that would be extreme. Six to eight. Yeah, you can't really argue with it. You've clarified that well, Lindley. I mean, you're just putting in, and every every case should be adjudicated properly. The character of the player, what he's done before, how he reacted to it, and all those things will help him, won't they, William? Yeah, they will, and the fact that he—I don't think he's been sent off before, and he probably hasn't come to the attention of uh, these these tribunals. But 
Uh, I think Connie will be disappointed with him. I think he's, and he'll be told that, and he'll know that. They, they, they'll, they'll work through that. They'll have their own way of dealing with this in house, in terms of what's expected of you. Um, bit of frustration, whatever it is, but y- you can't do that, and it just makes it difficult for all his mates. And you know, Finley Beelham had to come back on the pitch and front up again. Like the way Connacht defended in the last 20 minutes this might seem like nothing to I don't know some of our listeners from outside Connacht the Leinster fans or whatever maybe we're clutching at straws but 20 points to 3 Williams mentioned already just want to reiterate the point 10 years ago Connacht lose that game 35-40 points straight because they only have 13 men good character in defence worked hard didn't concede another try well yeah that's true I mean they got back and they, the Larmer should have scored when he got back mm-hmm. and, 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 and it was a great the, the Marmon Copeland uh, got, the, got him for holding on Caelan Blade got back and knocked the ball out of Royal Lachlan's hands. I mean, William's right. I've seen teams do it. Do it. Uh, I've seen not not just ourselves. Other teams do just drop the heads and they let it go, and, and suddenly you've conceded five, six tries before them coming in the last ten minutes. Uh, still, it's it's it's. You're, we're looking for boys, but it, it, it's not a hopeless scenario. It's not anything like that. But it is a salutary lesson in how far off we are the very best teams. And I think I think we need to look at that and say praise Leinster because I think Leinster. I mean. Scarlets came here last week and we did a number on them we really played as much as we can we went out there with the same spirit and virtually the same team a couple of changes maybe they might have affected us but the Scarlets were the fourth best team in the competition last year and we bet them look how far off we are at the top team and that's the salutary lesson for us all you know what it affected us not having Jared Butler yeah, he's a great presence on the pitch. I think, you know, I think actually Andy Friend describes it quite perfectly when he says he's not a player that you would notice maybe a lot of the time, but he's doing such an amount of work there. And I'm, I'm sure he, he, he was missed there today. Hopefully he'll be back fit and firing for Ulster. OK, the other thing to cover is the build-up to this game. It's been a, it's been a bit of a silly one. Here's my take on it. Keen Healy had a comment don't think it was needed don't think Leinster wanted him to say it Leo Collin didn't want to talk about it when you asked him William it was a throwaway line sometimes you don't know the setting as well was he asked about it or did he bring it up himself that's a factor as well but he just said he didn't like the disrespect of a conversion lest people forget John Muldoon did apologise to Leinster for it afterwards so it's not beyond the bounds of ridiculousness that someone could take offence at that as being a little unsporting to be honest there was nothing much to it I know from a Connacht perspective if it ever happened against Connacht we'd be way more worried about the margin of defeat than anything Leinster at and I know that that's exactly what uh, Scott Fardy said in the paper. He spoke very well. You taught William about it. Yeah, he said the thing to take out of that game was the performance. Yeah. And I think, look, they went on and won the Pro 14 and the Champions Cup after it. And effectively, I think it might have just concentrated their minds because they had a wobbly enough end to the season. They lost to Treviso as well. Yeah. And I think that was the case. They said, right, we need to get back on track here. And they, they did. And they brought the two trophies home. And Who cares about that to be... Well, I think they cared about it. I, I think they cared about it. And I think the interesting thing was Johnny Sexton during the week said, these games are always close, except the last one. Yeah. So I think they, no, they don't want to lose 47-10 to anybody. William, and that to me is just them using it as motivation. But in, in terms of their overall objective, it was irrelevant. Uh, in terms of what they believe in their standards and stuff, it was relevant. And it was something they're just going to bank for next year, as they did. Yeah, and I think uh, they... I think they would have preferred if this hadn't blown up. Certainly the top-level management didn't want to get involved in this. They're thinking, you oh, know, we don't, we don't need this. Yeah. And none of us did, and the whole thing just became... I mean, Luke Fitzgerald had his 
Tuppenceworth into the thing talking about hatred which I think is a desperate word when you're okay, dealing so with sport that. yeah uh, sorry Dave I know you want to jump in here but I just want to put the last bit into the pot which is really important it's Luke Fitzgerald's comments I mean he was talking about the fact that Connacht hate Leinster don't know where he got that from never on the record anywhere but he decided to put that in as a fact which is ridiculous secondly then said there's a real hatred building in Leinster for Connacht talked about things being said not classy real winners don't talk like this this was his quotes uh, just absolute unnecessary first of all our Leinster listeners I can speak in general for Connacht people they have a general love of beating any province and they love these interbros and they don't some Connacht fans dislike Munster more than Leinster some dislike Leinster more I don't think there's a massive dis- disagreement with Ulster really the rivalry isn't as strong hatred is ridiculous it's, isn't it? well yeah and it's sort of it's also hypocritical to say it's not classy to say things on the pitch and then say something like that on the podcast when you don't necessarily speak for the organisation you claim to be you claim to be representing you're also, only speaking real winner yourself. real winners don't talk like that well yeah yeah. He, he said I want to bring about how they responded to that they didn't play any of their seven top Pro 14 players in the Pro 14 final. The seven top appearance makers did not start the, for, for the, pro, uh, the pro 14 final. Four of them did it. They all started here last year. They made 13, ch- only two of the guys who started the game the last time started here. They wanted to make a statement. That was their reaction to it. They, they brought back the big guns. They now regard this as a big... Uh, they wanted to make a statement, and they did. The statement they should have made, and they did make, was on the pitch, not in podcasts by ex-players. First of all, the word hatred has no business being in this sport at all. No. And, you know, that's all I'll say about the word. I just, it's just, it was unnecessary. It was over the top. And I think Leo Cullen kind of said it right when the 47-10 win was about their performance. When they were coming down here, he said, yes, it concentrated the mind. And that was what, what it did for them coming down here. They said, they've, he, Leo Cullen is well aware that they've come down to Connor on occasions more than more than you know a fair few occasions and lost to Connacht and they said that they, they, they don't they take it seriously and they take Connacht seriously and maybe yes the fact that they did come down here last year with an understrength team did actually make him realize that oh, we can't take this for granted anymore Johnny Sexton did get caught answering a couple of questions on this where he was trying to offer some reasons why Connick might might dislike Leinster. So I, I was disappointed that he got roped into that. I'm going to be honest, and it'd be rare disappointed with Johnny Sexton in terms of what he says. And to be honest, he's entitled to say what he wants. But at the same time, I was like, are we really having to listen to Johnny Sexton try and describe why Connick might dislike Leinster? Yeah, I, I, th- I, 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 I can't speak for him, but I suspect in retrospect, he's possibly thought, oh, I... Why did I bother getting dragged into this? Because he wasn't part of that narrative. Yeah. And he was talking about odd oh, people dislike Dublin. I don't know. <laughs> the, the, the whole thing. We don't dislike Leinster in any great, great way. And to be honest, their fans were great after we won the Pro, four, Pro, 14, Pro 12 that time. Yeah, absolutely. Catched them were. on the furry home. And they. Um, oh yeah, well, Dave. Maybe we disliked them a little bit, Dave. So. Well, some people <laughs> chatted to them on the ferry. I fell asleep. Um, the, no, look. The thing about it is. Uh, they have the biggest pool resource of players in the country. They should be the best team. That's what they're aiming for all the time. I love the fact that Leo Cullen always tells you about how many players he's played this season. Last season, he told me twice this year when I've been speaking to him at various events, we played 55 players last season and now three of them have gone because Eason Asay was retired and Jordy Murphy's gone to Ulster and Joey Carby's gone to Munster. There are 
let's face it, Connacht don't have 52 players or 55 players to pick from. And I suspect Ulster don't either. And I don't know about Munster, but maybe he's sort of seeing it from another angle that that's hard work to keep bringing. And I'm thinking, yeah, but it's a bit like saying, well, will I drive my Mercedes to work or will I drive my Porsche to work? Yes, there you go. Do you have a Porsche? Never mind. We better move on. Yeah. Look, I, I, that's the bookend. I, I think loads of strong points there and I, I, I concur with you Lindley I think the game is quite a high octane at times dangerous game needs to be played in with really good discipline and respect for, for each other and that's why you, I'm, I'm taking your point a little bit there but I just think it's such a good point you have to be careful with words like hatred because, because you have to control your aggression in rugby well I thought actually today the game was well played apart from one incident that was, which we've discussed and had nothing to do with Enton there was no other messing going on it was hard it was physical there was a couple of people got injured but there was nothing there was no messing around and trying to to put a, a referee under pressure particularly you know okay there was a few issues at scrum time but there was none of this slapping and pushing yeah. and shoving and messing around yeah. and that's i think shows that actually the teams have quite a bit of respect for each other nice okay any other business is that where we're getting to anything else to get to eagles eagles lost 35 19 different team to last week scoring a lot they're competitive but they're losing but they're yeah but matter? I, mean, but uh, I suppose it matters for the guys nobody wants to go out in the rugby pitch and lose and especially given that the nature of the teams they're playing in Wales are very young uh, but we sent out a team we made six changes the, the, I think the entire front five was changed I think the only one to start was Conan O'Donnell and Conor Carey both uh, Cannon was here uh, they swapped the props completely new back row very young um, changed the halfbacks as well Ah, look, it's game time. I, th- I agree. I just want to echo what Packy said last year, regard- last week regarding it, which is that basically it's the game times, and this is what they need to see who can step up, and po- you can get someone like Paul Boyle, whose cameo today proved that they these games do work. They make a better story of you. AIL unlucky for well disappointing starts for Galwegians. Corinthians a Sligo very unlucky down Cork lost twenty points seventeen. They just got up to the fourth there. Balanagh had a bonus point win over Roma. So well done, Balan, the return to the other league. That's excellent result. Yeah, yeah very good. Great stuff for Mayor Rugby. Anything else to throw in there, guys? Yeah, West Ham beat Man United 3-1. Yeehaw. <laughs> oh, I think we should really mention, I think the big story that broke yesterday was was, was uh, Kieran Gaffney has had to retire at 23. Oh, yeah. I, think, I think it would be only right to, to mention that. I mean, we, we, we know he was, a, he was someone that looked like he could go places. He used his brain. He wasn't, getting, he wasn't getting game time here and he used his brain. He went to Otago for a year. And the story about the one o'clock exam, I was in the middle of that because we had a mad discussion about how we were going to supervise an exam in New Zealand and get the paper to him and get it back and it was just a, from, from, my work, from my work point of view it was an absolute logistics nightmare Grady Bradley Mike Bradley saw something in him he went to Zebra 17 games and it was just it didn't even look you know at the time it didn't even look that serious at the tackle but as soon as he hit the ground you just knew this was problematic and at 23 it's horrific because this is what he's this is what he's wanted to do for his life he is still young enough to make a very successful career in anything else he turns his hand to but it is still a tremendous shame that he's had to retire at 23 I think we all echo that well said Dave alright that's it from us ok we could talk about us here, but I've decided to leave that to the midweek podcast because you know we'll have a think about it we'll, we'll see where Connacht are we'll get a bit from the press conference we'll see how badly beaten Ulster are going to be in Munster tonight there you go hard to preview game at this stage I'll put it this way the, the bonus Munster have the bonus point at half time wow ok and Ulster haven't scored yet Dan McFarland will not be a happy man no, no, he won't. But I mean, it's uh, look. That's a place we we have troll in Belfast. They don't like going to Thorn Park. All right, that's it from us. We'll talk to you Thursday, folks.